don't move by Steve. Yeah. It's a big game. Who you know that got it behind the scenes like behind the O line soon as the QB say hype? <laughs> it's big game, 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 big game, game, game. Analysis from the player's point of view. Injuries, big trades, player news. Yeah. <laughs> Set the competition and he play with Tony Dungy. Better listen, I'm talking about. Big game sports bug. Set everything you need and most. Yeah. Big game sports bug. I thought I told you once before. We call him Big Game Jane. Yeah, Big Game Jane. Big Game Jane. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Big Game Sports Buzz, where the sports fanatic and the pro athlete get together and talk about sports and everything around it. I am Jay Socks, the Buff Nerd, and of course, I'm joined by the man, the myth, the legend, the reason why this podcast is called what it is, Big Game James. What up, dude? Stocks, what's happening, man? What's happening? What's going on, bro? How you feeling, man? You know. I'm blessed, bro. I am very blessed. Happy to be here. Boy, this this week in sports, like Thursday, I, I almost called. You know how you get that impromptu email from work, like the emergency meeting? Yeah. I was, I was ready to do an emergency show. Like, it was too many good things or crazy things that happened this past <laughs> weekend to wait right. till Thursday to talk about it. Because, like, I almost feel like we late. But at the same time, it's still news, still not really going to change, and yeah. it's still got to be talked about. But, you know, in a nutshell, I am I am excited to talk about this great slate that we have planned for the people. And, for sure. You know, to see what they think as well. So they can leave those comments for us and follow along the whole nine years arts. Absolutely, absolutely. And make sure that you like, subscribe, and share this podcast uh, with your friends, your 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 loved ones, your frenemies, your enemies, all the people, and make sure that you can always hit that bell so you know when you can catch us and this great content that's going on at BGSC Network, Big Game Sports Entertainment Network, where sports and entertainment collide. Listen, you can listen to us on your favorite podcast platform. And I say all this now because when we get to the end, I'm telling you, it's going to be crazy. Um, but you can always listen to us on your favorite podcast platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever we are there. Okay. So let's get to it. I know, I know, I know. Yo, Big Wallace, what's going on, man? Hey, listen, Wallace has been riding with me. You know what I'm saying? Been riding with us for the for the past couple of weeks or so. Getting into the groove. Appreciate you coming through. I know Grandiz at some point is going to come in and say some old craziness like fire the cannons and all that other stuff, man. Hey, I am not here to hate. I'm not here to hate. Don't start with me. Don't start. I'm not here to hate. I'm I'm, I'm here to talk sports. That's all I'm here to do. I, I hit the brakes because I'm here to hate. I'm going to hate. <laughs> I'm sure you are. That's what gonna, you do. I'm going to be a little best. bit of hate. Come up, come big game way. So, y'all just be ready for it. Uh, you, okay. know, you know, that's why they call you Big Hate James. Um, so look, man, let's go ahead, let's get into this. I know you're trying to find the button, you're trying to find the button. I got it, I got it already, bro. <laughs> I need it. That's what's up. <laughs> that's what's up. Let's go ahead, let's get into the biggest headlines right now. We call this four downs. Hit the button. All right, of course, this these are the hottest topics that are going on in sports right now. Uh, the first one we're going to dive into, bigger collapse so far in the NFL playoffs. Of course, we're talking about 
the NFC East, the Cowboys, or the Eagles. <clears throat> and I think there's some others you can put into this, but realistically, the, I know you're shaking your head. The, the, the top ones are, are the Cowboys and, and the Eagles. Mm-hmm. You know. <sighs> Browns was in the collapse. Steelers was in the collapse. No, so. br- Browns. Eh. Yeah, hell, Joe Flacco got off the couch to try to come save the day. Come on now, Jay. Don't, don't. But I think people still had the eye. They still saw him as Baltimore Flacco. I do. I think people still felt like he could sling the ball. He could do some things. And they saw him playing at a level in Cleveland that they really hadn't seen probably since Bernie Kosar. I mean, I'm just going to be honest with you. Stop. Did you really just say <laughs> Bernie Kosar? Oh, yeah. Can you, can you name another relevant Cleveland quarterback? Yeah, but I would just be making up names to make I know you're making up <laughs> So, like I said, since Bernie Kosar, I know, I know what I'm saying, I, and I, I'll back it up, you know. Um, but yeah, man, that's that's just my been my whole piece with that is, you know, it gets to a point of if we talk playoffs, the bigger collapse, in my opinion, are the Cowboys in the playoffs. If we're talking the season, that's the that's the E girls. I think I think you're right. So Jay, like before we really dive into the problems that lie upon your team, so much, so much, so much, so that you wouldn't even wear your cap tonight. um, The Eagles collapse started during the season. I mean, they started Mm -hmm. up ten and one, and I think won one of the last uh, six, something like that. So they're ten. But needless to say, that's a dysfunctional family right there. Mm-hmm. They got stuff going on internally, but you know, you you always warn or speak on what you worry about about your Cowboys, and for them to get dismantled by the Green Bay Packers the way they did yeah. is the biggest collapse of both of these teams, especially of the playoffs with that first wild card round. Um, yeah, I had I had Dallas getting to the NFC Championship game. Sure. Um, I have no idea how and why it happened. <laughs> or, yes, I do. But at the same time, I didn't see it happening. But I think it says a lot of things. Uh, first and foremost, the people on TV, the only thing they wanted to talk about was Dallas staying it up again in the playoffs. Right. Right. But I think that, honestly, we got to give a little bit of credit to the Green Bay Packers and Joe oh, yeah. Love and sure. what they became. Um, but Jay, in a million years, in a million years, and if I still had to have this bet four more times, with not knowing the outcome, I think I right. still pick the Cowboys all four times to go win sure. that game and do what you thought they were going to do. Sure. But how do we get fooled again by the twelve and five? What fooled us? Because I feel like we just drank the we we got that fool's gold again with the Dallas Cowboys, bro. Listen, man, I, I talked to, you know, I watched the game over it. Listen, this is this how bad my weekend went, right? <laughs> um, and, you know, I've talked about this. Listen, my, my internet actually went out Friday, Thursday night, Friday yeah. morning, went out. You hit, you hit us with a hot, a hot spot when we did the chapter. I had you on yeah. a hot spot, right? Right. Saturday morning we did, or Saturday afternoon. That's how bad it was Saturday morning. Saturday afternoon, chop shop. Hey, I had to do it on a hot spot for my phone. And looking, and it just it didn't go well, right? So I went over to a friend's house to watch this misery happen. Um, and it just got to a point, man. We were just like, I don't want to. I do. I don't want to watch football anymore. Mm. That's how I feel. My football season is over. I don't want to watch football anymore. I said to to my friend, to to my people, being a Cowboys fan is like dating slash marrying Halle Berry. 
Data Justice. Very unassuming man, right? Very nice gentleman. But this is the same dude that wanted allegedly choke this chick out because she's just right mental. He made her deaf in one ear, bro. What you talking about? Wanted to choke her out. I mean, okay, allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. I mean, hey, okay, you know, whatever. Uh, uh, she also dated another pretty boy, right? Uh, what was his name? Eric Benet, Eric, whatever. I think that's it, Eric Benet. Dude went crazy. Dude went crazy. On paper, beautiful, amazing. You know, just, just you just awestruck. And then when you get down to it, to the need greeting, no, sir. No, sir, it ain't no good. No good. No good. And they fool, it's, you're right. It's fool's gold, man. It shines brightly because it is the Dallas Cowboys. You have all these numbers, all these numbers, right? Number one in touchdowns, most yards and, and, and touchdowns and all that in his career, in his eight-year career, he's done all that. Defense. Top two, three defense in the league. All that was crap. Uh, that made y'all one-dimensional. Quinn didn't make no change with defense. L- listen, what did I say, Wallace, on Cowboys cutting up? That dude has never been able to adjust. And I keep saying this. You lose a Super Bowl like he did, you don't recover. The franchise has not recovered since. They have not recovered since. And I think that's part yeah. of it, too. Jay, y'all, the thing with the Dallas Cowboys, and you look at it, and I said this a long time ago, and I think mm-hmm. this is the part that hits me more than Green Bay making adjustments on their defense to be able to uh, slow Dallas up or stop them in the first half. And let's, you know, a lot of people say, well, they balled in the second half. No, man, Green Bay starts up. Fools start cutting tape off their wrist and not going in the game. Like, that shit was over, over, right? Um, we spoke on this show several times and other shows that the Cowboys had a lot of players out of position and not playing in the right spot. So here it is where you do a good job of creating turnovers or your offense playing against a lesser defense. And the defense is always playing ahead. They never played from behind. And so once they got behind in this game, it really showed that Dan Quinn was inept and unable to make mm-hmm. the adjustments to get the Cowboys back in the game. Um, Michael Parsons cries and whines all the time on his podcast and everything else about why they always talking about us and why can't we get the respect. And there was an APB put out for Michael Parsons during that <laughs> game on Saturday or some, whenever the hell yeah. they played. It was so bad. They were just ass so bad. I forgot what day they beat y'all on. Saturday. Sunday. Um, Sunday, yeah. Night. <laughs> Whatever it was. It was Dookielicious. It was bad, bro. It, it was to, horrible. It was to a point where it's like, what is going on? Can they recover? Will they recover? And it's just like Dak's eyes and CeeDee Lamb's face on the sideline was just, whoa, bro. It was problems. There were problems going on that yeah. they just couldn't overcome. But they have got to get the right pieces in place. You can't have safeties playing linebacker and Aaron Jones no. on my size running the ball through the hole. Yes, I, I agree. And again, part of that is, and Wagyu said, said he, I uh, mean, Swagoo said it right, man. Wagyu. Marcus Spears, <laughs> Wagyu. So it's, he, but he said it right, man. He said, look, they keep talking about this is a caliber, this is a championship caliber team. They got the pieces there. But the reality is, is they don't. You have linebackers who are, or I'm sorry, DBs who are playing linebackers at 160, 70, 80 pounds, trying to cover a tight end that has at least 50 pounds on you, you, you're not going to make it. And then, like you said, you have running backs that are 210, 225, barreling down on you. The frustration that comes on for a team like this, and I'm even going to speak for the for the e-girls. 
is the fact that you know you're better than this, but you just don't show up. Right? You just don't show up. Um, and it's it's become habitual. And I'm tired of the, you know, 12, the, the three, se- you know, three seasons or 12 uh, games that you've won. But you don't win playoff games. Who cares? I mean, honestly, who cares? Who cares? I know people don't like it, like to hear this. But here, for a Cowboys fan, it's Super Bowl or bust. Division championships don't mean nothing as a fan. True. They don't. True. It's super. Once you've tasted that, once you've said, hey, we, and this is the same ownership that had the three Super Bowls, once you've tasted that, you're, how do you go back to say, hey, you know what? We're division champs. I, that doesn't, who cares? Who cares? You got to win it. Now, Jay, I will admit that I've celebrated my team's division championship the last three years. <laughs> Be- because, listen. Two years ago, they did win the Super Bowl off of that as well. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, it, it's also, I think, also when you when you look at, and it's culture, and I get why people don't like Cowboys fans, right? There's some I don't care for either. I, I just don't. They're not realistic, and they don't, you know, they're not realistic. But there is a point where it's, hey, look, it's Super Bowl or bust. When people talk about that and they say, oh, well, you know, that's you can't say that's what that is. That For us, for a Cowboys fan, that's what it is. Gotcha. Especially for those that have lived through it. I know we got to go. We can be there all day. No, nah, I mean, there's nowhere to go. It just, it is what it is. We haven't really talked about it, and yeah, you know, it makes you, it makes you wonder about what's going on. But that's a big collapse, and like yeah. I said, you, people who aren't even Cowboys fans really thought that this was the time of the year. I think it. that they would get over the hump and get get going in the right direction to get kind of back to that Cowboys glory. Now, I have a lot of people talking a lot of trash to me about my um, my my team being in a weaker conference and being horrible yeah. or whatever else. Yeah. But at the same yes. time, yes, you play the games that are in front of you and you win yes. the ones that count. Now, God yes. knows the Buccaneers got a break by playing the Philadelphia Eagles because they did. Looking at that game, they weren't even they don't even look like they were ready to play. And I should have bet on that game, man. I should have too. I should have. I should have. Both the Cowboys. I should have took the underdog and got some got some bets going on. But with the points, needless to say, the Cowboys were the bigger collapse of the two out of the. You know, when it comes down to the Eagles and the Cowboys and where the luck for the. Well, the the Eagles carried over to the playoffs, but the biggest collapse in the playoffs by far the Dallas Cowboys. There's no way you go from twelve and five to looking how you look. To yeah. giving up forty nine points to the Green Bay Packers, true facts. And hey, and, Gra- and Green Bay Packer fans, I'm not slighting what happened with y'all. Y'all came to play. Your coaches made the adjustments that needed to be made. And so never mind, y'all. Forgot we we'll talk about that later. Yeah, you beat the brakes off us. Okay, before uh, we can talk about McCarthy. Yeah, you know, cool, whatever. Uh, ah. I'm, I told. I don't watch football anymore. I'm done. Uh, Caleb Williams, easy, legit number one pick. I actually like this down. I do want to kind of talk about it, um, especially with what's going on in in the news cycle right now. That uh, Kingsbury has been mentioned is talking to the not mentioned. He's been you know he's talking to the Bears for an OC position. Interviewed for the OC job, supposedly. Right, interviewed for the interview, yeah. Yeah. So the question is, you know, is is Fields out? And you bring in Kingsbury to coach up Williams, and he'll be the number one overall pick? Or do they trade back and say, you know what? 
we're, we're going to stay packed with our, our, our quarterback. We're going to build more around him or build around him. I can't say more, build around him. This is a head scratcher to me. But really, mm -hmm. what I want to dive into is the Caleb Williams hype. Now, I take nothing away from his 2022 season mm -hmm. and winning the Heisman that year. Right. Um, the hopes and everything that went into the 2023 season this year, USC was seven and five. Caleb Williams seemed to got figured out and yeah. couldn't win the big games. And it really started in the Cotton Bowl, Jay, yeah. against Tulane. Yeah. So now here it is. Everyone's a lot, mostly everyone is saying that this is a surefire number one pick. He's the next best thing. And I say it is everyone's the next best thing until it's not. Sure. I'm not sold on buying the farm in Caleb Williams. I just, I don't no. see it. There's something I see there that would make me hesitant to take him as a pick. And Kingsbury doesn't have enough on his resume for me to make it seem like, well, if we hire him and then get the quarterback, we're going to be good to go. That yeah. is, to me, that's a recipe for disaster, and it's going to blow up in the Bears face. Yeah, nothing good. You know what I mean? No, no, nothing. He has tape. He has records, but none of them are good everywhere he's been. And those are facts. So, um, yeah, that that's just a, a whole piece where I'm, I'm – if they want him, go for him, whatever. It's not my team again. I don't watch football anymore, so uh, I don't, man. I just But this why? is the thing, Jay. What? Now, me saying that the Bears would be making a mistake, that doesn't mean I don't think Caleb Williams can have some success in the NFL. Right. I just don't think right. that he's going to be that first-year saving grace, and I think that's how he's going to end up being used. I think whoever gets Caleb Williams early, is going to need him to come in and be the guy right away. Yeah. Hey, Wallace, I'm happens. right there with you, bro. I do not see it. I do not see him being that guy that's just like, "Woo, we got one now." Well, oh hell yeah! I don't. I mean, you got to look at. I, I'm I'm basically looking at okay. You got New York Jets, uh, and Washington Commies, and say okay. They're the ones that are going to try and jump up there, give up, you know, some real estate to go up there and get Caleb Williams. I don't uh, think the Jets will. Oh, yeah, they have to. I don't think they, they ride the Aaron, Aaron Rodgers train for a year and then get a quarterback after that. Well, but why not get him now, put him on the bench uh, behind Aaron to say, look, you learn from him as much as you can, and then we'll go from there. But if you, because if you try to wait for what's coming after after that, you know, you may miss out on the Caleb Williams and the kid from Duke and all that. Yeah, go ahead, you might get, get You might get Tom Brady in the later round this year. Man, look, Tom, Tom Brady is an anomaly, bro. I mean, it's just the fact that is he Brock Purdy? Yeah, Tom Brady was supposed to be like a first round pick when he came out, like first round, second round pick. How he was in the, he was in New York. How did he drop from a first round pick to a sixth round pick? I'm just asking, bro. I mean, the, the reality is, was that I mean, he's sitting in the green room, right? Not getting picked, so you don't get invited to New York thinking that you're going to be, you know, picked in the sixth round. So I think it was just the the year that he came out uh, and then also what Michigan ultimately – what happened to Michigan ultimately, right? So I think it's, it's, it's a lot of factors in that. But, listen, he's, he's an anomaly. He's a once-in-a-generation type of quarterback. Right. Um, you know, and – I think when you look at other quarterbacks that teams try to say, hey, you know what? We can get our own Tom Brady. We're going to go in the fourth round, in the fifth round, in the sixth round. You know, Brock Purdy, everyone's making the same distinction about him and Brady, you know, Mr. Relevant. 
And it's, it's not system. really. I got you. It's the system. You go to the right coach for mm-hmm. the right system that fits you, or they're able to put their system around what you're able to do. That's it. Okay. So that's it. Do you think teams and people are panicking that, like Chicago, they passed on Patrick Mahomes and they got Mitchell Trubisky, and yeah. now it's biting them in the ass? So now, do you think those kind of mistakes made people feel like they have to go get a Caleb Williams because if he turns out to be that guy, mm-hmm. they it won't be that I told you so. I told you guys to get him. Yeah. Um... I think that's part of it. And I think this is part of it. Brady just wanted more than your average QB. Because he had a chip on his shoulder, Wallace. He listen, and he said it in many interviews. He wrote down who passed on him and was like, okay, I'm gonna make sure every time I see them, I'm gonna whoop the crap out of them. Like he he you want to talk about Dion keeping receipts? Tom Brady kept receipts. Well, Jay, if that's the case, it was all 30, all 30. All of them. All of them. Well, it wasn't 32 at that time. I don't think the Texans was. But 30, yeah, so about 20, whatever all, it was. All, all 29. Of 29 of them. 31, yeah. Yeah, but he kept receipts. He kept receipts. Man. So. <laughs> That's my whole thing today. Whatever, fool. Whatever, fool. But, yeah, you know, I, he's not I, – I don't – I think he's a legit number one based on this draft. Based on this draft, looking at the other quarterbacks and his arm talent and specs, his height, weight, arm strength, all of that puts him there. Now, everyone, you know, will he do well? Depends on the team, depends on the system. Excuse me. Ryan Leaf was a number one overall pick. Ryan Leaf had a Heisman. He was what happened to him. Ryan Leaf was a number one overall pick. He was number two in that draft. Oh, okay. I'm Peyton, sorry. Peyton was number one. And Ryan Leaf didn't win the Heisman. Who won the Oh, Peyton won the Heisman that year. Um, no, no, no. I'm thinking, uh, I'm sorry. Um, shoot. Crap. Anyway, I had it on mine. It left. The point is this um, Carson Wentz is another one. No, he didn't win the Heisman. Number one overall pick. Where is he? Well, you can even look. If that's the case, Jay. You can look at Trey Lance going number three to San Francisco. And I'm just saying. And the thing is, when you miss at that position, it sets your franchise back. It sets you back so far. Look at the Dallas Cowboys with all the problems they had after Aikman before they found Tony Robbo. Yeah. Yeah. And And even, even after Tony Robbo. You know, yeah, well, it's the always thing. the comparison. Dak was sufficient to sustain a little bit of consistency as far as winning goes. Dak was able season. to – that's the whole point. But he was able yeah. to win in the regular season to, oh, we can build on this. We're going to get great. But now, Jay, look at the money that you have to pay him but what's coming up, and the cap numbers are about to be tight for the Cowboys. Dude, y'all got a lot of tough decisions to make. This a lot of tough time. decisions. Uh, he's yeah, 60 million uh, this year towards the cap. Uh, they're looking to maybe extend him, you know, try and get that down that number down 11 uh, million over the cap as of right now, and that's with you know reductions and things like that that are coming off the book. So, yeah, and there's plenty of people to extend, and that you also want to uh, you know, you want to sign uh, outright. So no, it's it's going to be a mess. Um, people will be extended. Decisions have to be made. Go ahead and do that. Get in the draft. Draft the best players that can start for your team now that fits your scheme now and move on from that. Well, um, that's part of it, but your coaches seem to never put you in the right situation. Needless to say, we're going to move on to third down because we could talk about that all day, yeah. every day, and Cowboys cutting up was a good one. Y'all should have caught that. Should have. It was a great one. It was a great one. Uh, third down, players moving after coaches move. So here's the deal. We talked about Nick Saban retiring last uh, last week. Mm-hmm. UW coach now is the head coach over at Alabama. 
think Caleb uh, DeBoer. Yeah, Caleb DeBoer. Other coaches have been moving around. Uh, but the biggest one, of course, is Alabama. What's happening is you have a lot of their starters that have moved on or moved away, right? Uh, not only moving into the draft, but going to Texas, going to Georgia, right? SEC rivals. Um, I know the portal is now a part of the NCAA, just as NIL is now a part of the NCAA. But I want to get your thoughts on when coaches move or move on, retire, players moving, your thoughts. Man, this this whole thing, this thing is tough and crazy. It's like even to fathom it. Like I was still talking about it with people the other day. Like something happens in the blink of an eye. So, you know, I talked on here a couple of weeks ago about a couple of my student, former students that sign in early signing day and they're early enrollees right now, right? Right. You know, well, well here it is. One young man goes to a school, you know, he said, you know, his dad and I are talking about how he's going to, you know, talk to the quarterback, tell him when he's ready to work, do this, 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 and that. He goes down, and then here it is just this week, that quarterback enters the portal and leaves, and they get another quarterback that's coming in from the University of Arizona. So here yeah. it is. As soon as you think you might be working with one person and playing with one person, they're up and going, and someone else is coming in. Um, like I said, NCAA should have put limits and boundaries on this thing, I think, a long time ago because mm-hmm. kids at one point in time, Jay, were in bad situations to where yeah. if – you know, I want to go to Buff Nerd University and Jabari mm-hmm. Stoglin is the coach that recruits me there and then he leaves and goes to another school, but yet now I'm stuck at that institution, it wasn't right. So something needed to give where the players could go have at least, I think, one chance to move mm-hmm. and go somewhere else where they feel like they fit in and call it that. But now where it's almost limitless, it used to be one move. Now, I don't know, it's, it's man, the rules just changed. Um, kids, instead of, like, healthy competition, they want to up and leave because they think that it's going to be easier somewhere else. It's like it's taking away that drive and hunger for people, I heard. Yeah. And, so, and I yeah. love what Wallace is saying here. You know, yeah, the players, they sign with the head coach, not not because of the school, not because of the the – history of the program, right? It's, hey, this coach said in my living room that he's going to play me. That coach is now gone, and I don't know what this coach is doing because here's the deal, at Alabama, right? So the boys is now in Alabama, but guess who came with him? The quarterback from University of Washington. So now Miro, who was there, now has to make a decision, does he stay or does he go? Yeah, but, Jay, think about it. As a coach, you're coming in bringing your system. You want if, if your quarterback is ready to leave and come with you to go to the big time, to the mecca of college football, and he knows your system, you're going to bring him. Now, is that messed up for Jalen Milrow? Mm, yeah, whatever. Yes, it is. It or is. Or you can learn it and beat him out. Don't just run from the situation, but he will because he's going to be <laughs> he will. somewhere else. And now if one of those assistant coaches leaves from Alabama and gets another job, then they're going to come poach the players that they helped bring in Alabama. I mean, it just – it is what it is, dude. It's, it's, it's nonstop. It's crazy. Um, you know, to one thing you said a few seconds ago, you will have some yeah. players that still have a little bit of loyalty to certain schools. And that's because it's like sometimes it's like that blood down, like bloodline, that that legacy. Yeah. You know, they have those yeah. legacy kid well, players right. now on the team. Um, right. And some people will be loyal to that school and go to that institution because maybe grandfather or father went there. And it'll happen. Mm-hmm. And they'll stay no matter, like, Satan himself might come coach. Like, God damn it. Right. I, I'm playing for Lucifer this year because I love my school. Yeah. But a lot of them that have no allegiance, or like you said, they get convinced by that coach, that coach wins them over, they're going to dip, man. And I – I don't blame them. The kids now are really taking advantage of the system that's in place for them. Yeah. Well, I totally agree with it. Hell no, because I think it makes it easy out. But at the same time, shit, I understand. 
I, you know, uh, and I think about it from the standpoint of my son says, hey, dad, I want to play for Coach Sarkeesian, and I want to go to UT. All right. Do you want to play for Sarkeesian or you want to play for UT? Mm. What's, what's important to you? What to play for coach? Okay. So we understand going in, it is about the coach. It's about Sarkeesian. So wherever he goes, if he gets another job, if he goes up to Penn State, he said, Dad, I don't like the code. Hey, you said you wanted to play for Sarkeesian. He's in Penn State now. You're going up to Pennsylvania. Good luck, Godspeed. We'll see you when you come down for the bowls. So you saying if your child commits to school because of the coach, that coach leaves, you're going to make him enter the portal and go with him? I'm not going to say that, but I mean, this, like we just talked about, you know, it's you have to ask those questions, I believe, of the kid, whether it's the parent. It should be, it should be the coach. Hey, are you here to play for me or play for the school? And they're not going to well, ask that. You know what the problem is? We're forgetting one of the most important questions. What is that? Are you here to play because our collective is bigger than everybody else's and you get even mm. more money? That's one of yeah. the problems as well. Because that's And that's one thing we're not talking about now. NIL yeah. is influencing what these kids do and where they go. And like I said, I got a couple of people that have told me that they will come on and talk about this. They have their own companies that work. And I, I got to work on getting this set up because we really got to get some clarity of how this game works and how yeah. it's changing the landscape of college football, especially here it is. I have a sophomore that wants to play college football. So the mm-hmm. way that I got recruited and did things, I got to all that shit out the window, Jay. Yeah. I cannot rely on anything I did no. or what my experiences were because of what he might be faced with when it's time for him to, you know, hopefully experience Absolutely. being recruited. It, it's crazy. Absolutely. Dog. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Wallace, for your, for your comment. Yeah. This is the new norm. I believe this is the new norm, especially now with the portal. You, you've the pan, Pandora's box has been open, and it's hard to put that genie back in the bottle to say, okay, okay, okay. You know what? This is getting out of control. We're going to put, you know, uh, a stay on transfers because now it's well. Wait a minute. So I should have transferred last year. That's not fair. Mm. I've waited. I should be able to transfer. So now I say, okay, this year, and that's it. And so then the other kid says, wait, this is my redshirt year. I want to be able to transfer in my year that I'm not redshirt. Okay, if you're not a redshirt. So you see, it, it just it's a snowball effect. And did you see Tua's brother just got denied his extra year yep. of eligibility? He tried to use a medical reason to get like another yep. medical redshirt. It's just, it's. And I think it's because he wanted another another year because the yeah. draft the draft stock's not what he thought it was gonna be. Exactly, man, it, man shit's beyond cray cray. <laughs> it is cray cray. Hey, let's go ahead and let's get into this fourth down. I have one, but it sounds like you have you want to touch on something. Um, no, I'm not tripping, man. He chores up. Okay, it's, it's uh, no, it's and it's we talked about McCarthy. Staying on in Dallas. Tomlin is also staying on in Pittsburgh. Now, when asked about his future after the game, and let me say this I think that's the dumbest time to ask a person about their future after they've lost the game. Like, it's <laughs> dumb. You're emotional. These men are emotional. Well, do you think you're coming back? Do you think that the owner who ha- yeah, I would have walked off too. I mean, uh, NIL is just football, soft sports. Yeah, uh, no, he's he is he's not worth four million. Think about he's, it. We know Bronny got that deal he got because he's LeBron James' son. Because his dad, and yeah. it kept him and it kept him home in Southern California. I mean, yeah, it's yeah. all. And the biggest problem, and I know we we're gonna talk about this last down. One of the biggest problems yeah. is if you ask these kids that are just jumping in the portal. We're not even talking about the ones that's not getting picked up and signed. So many kids yeah, leave true. some opportunities they, they they had to not get signed. And the one good thing the portal has done for some of these smaller school kids is like they can go to a North Dakota state and then they might get picked up by a University of Washington. 
You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's helped some kids yeah. move up the bigger who may have not got recruited by the bigger schools. But yet, at the yeah. same time, what does that do to those smaller programs? It, 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 it's a domino it thing that tears up every yeah. damn thing. But yeah. to the point of Mike Tomlin, Jay, did you see the way he was like? He said, Right. Hey, you know, hey, he turned all the way around. Like he saw shoulders <laughs> and, and profile, dog. He's like, Yeah, I'm exiting the stage left real quick. F all this. Um, I don't think it's a big deal that he stays. I think the speculation was something needed to be different in why I mean in Pittsburgh because of yeah. how it was getting that he was a little yeah. frustrated. But at the same time, you think about how Pittsburgh's had success under yeah. the coaches that they had with all these long tenures. Um, I think he just needs help in 17. certain places. And again, 17 it, seasons. Yeah, it comes down to missing on quarterbacks. It looks like Kenny Pickett yeah. is not going to be the guy they thought he was. Getting him when they did, they got to kind of. And when that happens, you got to start over again. Injuries on the defensive side of the ball. Um, Mike Tomlin has the right pro. Well, what's the word I want to use? He's created a culture, but mm-hmm. now with some of the younger guys, he's going to have to curve that a little bit because they haven't earned the right to act the way some of the older guys on that team has. And that's what's yeah. got to get fixed. And that's something that Ryan Clark brought up and spoke on about, you know, kind of what goes on in, in Pittsburgh and how Mike is. And he'll change some things and he'll be better. But this is one thing I, I know about Mike Tomlin is mm-hmm. if his heart wasn't all the way in it, if he didn't think that he could get the job done, he would not He would not have remained on that staff. He would not be oh, sure. agreeing to come back for another year. So with that going on, Mike Tomlin has it in his heart to go on and be the best coach he can be. For yeah. the Pittsburgh Steelers and to try to win, dude, that's the hardest division in football right now. It is. AFC North like, is. Y'all can is, argue. Is, people is, can try to argue them if they want. All nah. four teams have winning records. Yeah. Um, you know. Yeah. It's tough. It's a tough division. Um, hey, we appreciate that. Uh, that like. Um, man, I tell you what. That walk off. I know what Mike Tomlin was saying though, and oh, that's a fact. Shit. <laughs> gotta go hey. come on hit the button what did he say my dude shut it oh hell no 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 that's right this is the segment that everyone loves to love and some hate to hate. Um, this is the old hell now segment. This is where we see things that happen in sports and sometimes in the culture that makes us say, oh, hell no. I love yours. I'm going to let you go first. I got one, though. Okay. I'm going to let you go first on yours. I, I was going to pick this, too. Um, you know, Jay, I, I try to get my Buccaneers news um, I, I like to get my, you know, I get, I get my Buccaneers news on Twitter or, you know, different people tagging me mm. certain things to kind of help me out being, you know, that I'm in Texas and, you know, they don't give me a lot of love from my Florida team here, right? So, yeah, Todd, Coach Todd Bowles press conference on Tuesday, um, getting ready, answering questions for the media about the upcoming game against the Detroit Lions. Reporter says, Coach, the weather in Detroit is very cold and blistering this week, and it's supposed to be 13 degrees next week. When you, I mean, this week when y'all play them, how is your team gonna adapt to the, this frigid condition? And Tabo simply made <coughs> straight face and said, uh, "You do know they're playing the dome, don't you?" Um, <laughs> I love the way he handled it. I love the way he said it. Um, we're gonna, it, we're only gonna be there for. 20 seconds. Yeah, we're only going to be out in, uh, in the cold for 20 <laughs> seconds from the bus to the locker room. Um, <laughs> and this was a fe- this was a female reporter. But this, no, this- don't put it out of A. Uh-huh. People, males and females ask stupid questions. But yes, yeah. she okay. was. So, okay, let me say this. Don't Cam Newton this, man. Okay. <laughs> if you or going to ask a question at a press yeah. conference. Yeah. 
please make sure your question makes perfectly good sense and you know what you're asking. Don't get up there and just make up a question because you're not sure what to say. He's like, ooh, I'm going to make sure I talk about this cold-ass weather because this team coming from Florida going to play this team in Michigan, and it's cold as I don't know what. Let me ask him about how they're going to adapt to the weather. They don't have to adapt to weather. So to you, not knowing that the damn Detroit Lions played inside a dome or field that has a cover on it, you get my old hell now. Man. Oh, boy, uh, thank you for answering that the way you did. Because I, I, yeah. I would have I got fined. I, I, I would have got fined for that question. I might he was calm. Fine. He kind of chuckled. It was it was amazing. It was great. Uh, I watched that clip several, several times. And that clip uh, for is me, on, it's, on our, it's, it's on our YouTube page, too. There we go. There we go. Hey, the two is social media uh, guy? Person? Person, sorry. You know, person. Listen, I saw this. And right along with the uh, Tova Aloha, whatever, Tagalova, T Money, (laughs) (laughs) T Genie. Uh, I don't know if you read this, man. Miami tight end Cam McCormick, he was granted a ninth year of eligibility to play tight end for Miami. Ninth year. Ninth, ninth year. Was he in med school? No, he was. We talk about red shirts and, and you know and getting injured and COVID, in COVID years. year. Yeah. So because of that, uh, and he was granted those last two years. This is one of them. This is last year. Nine years of eligibility. Nine. Check this out. This this is what's crazy. This young man started playing in 2016 <laughs> on the collegiate level. <laughs> he is currently 25. <laughs> I'm trying to keep it together, but this oh my gosh, like the people that he, so he started at Oregon with Justin Herbert, who's in the league now, mm-hmm. right? Uh, Jalen Hurts is in the league now. Like, these are vets. These guys are vets. Is so still in college? He, he played with he played with Jalen Hurts somewhere too. No, no, no. This is the same year though that Hurts, like he would have came out with them. Okay. Okay. Right? Okay. Uh, <laughs> and his quote, his final quote, uh, when he talks about, and I have to, and I quote, I feel like my journey helped those out that have had to experience that. Uh, it's tough, but hopefully there's some inspiration there and guys who get injured can see my journey and dig deep within and keep pushing toward their goals and their future. And his aspiration, you may ask, what is it? Because this was a three-star recruit. Go to the NFL. He's going to be the oldest rookie ever. This This dude, he caught eight balls for 62 yards last season. Not a game. Not an average. The whole season. But maybe because he was maybe he, maybe because he was injured, Jay. Oh, I wish that were the case. Hey, I wish that were the case because he played. I believe he played thirteen games. Hey man, good luck to that young man and whatever it good is luck that comes. Him, um, now, <laughs> is he he got granted eligibility to at Miami, or he got granted eligibility? He somewhere he's going somewhere else. No, he got granted eligibility. He has a petition in the ACC to give him that ninth year as well. So the NCAA yeah. said yes, but he has a petition in ACC to grant him that ninth year as well. Yeah, but shut up, James. Don't say that. <laughs> it's the yeah, but for me. What's the yeah, but? Yeah, but that motherfucker, he ain't a threat to nobody. <laughs> That's why they let him stay. He ain't hurting nobody staying that ninth year, bro. Oh, my gosh. Man, this is 
Oh, it's craziness. Uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, that's crazy. This would be happening if they change the rules, but the COVID rules they still have in place. I mean, that's only one year, though. Yeah, but this so is no, of nine to be eight. Some of them got some end up getting two. Some of got nineteen or twenty. But no, uh, twenty or twenty-one. Yeah. The COVID years are over now. Like next going into the next oh, fall, man. all those COVID exemptions and stuff are gone. Finally. Yeah. Finally. Nine years though. Nine years. Hey man, can I can I say something real quick? I, I, I love my time in college. I love my time <laughs> playing football. <laughs> I don't know if I want to do that shit for nine seasons though. Nine. That's nice. that's longer than most NFL careers. He didn't did yeah. college longer than people did school. Yeah, yeah. Hey man, man, I'm. You know, my my question is: Does he have a degree? He better does have he two have. of them. <laughs> <laughs> Not eight years. Eight. You completed eight years of college. Bitch, yeah. You excuse my language. You better have your <laughs> master, your grad, undergrad, Doc. your master's. <laughs> And this year, you better start taking some PhD classes. Doc, we should call him Doctor Cam. <laughs> yeah, Doc. Hey man, yeah, we, that's we, all I know. Let's get into this. Who you got? Man. We got a job. God damn. <laughs> Where did you Yo, find that, dog? Bro, that's what I do, man. That's what I do. That's why they call me Buff Nerd. I scour. I scour. Uh, if you get paid now, it's a bit, yeah, you know. Hey, yeah. Wallace, I had somebody reach out to me and said, James, you couldn't hate this. He said, because you're the kind of player that at Nevada, every big school, every power five school, after your, after your first two years of being a true freshman, uh, would have threw bread at you to get you to transfer. I say, yeah, if if even Buzz's candy nuts, we'd all have a Merry Christmas. That shit didn't happen. So but it, you know, it is what it is, and I, I take it for what it's worth. But I mean, let's run through these, let's run through these games real quick. Who we man, think going right, what? Let's uh, do it, man. Chiefs Bills, who you got? Hey man, I honestly think this might be the year that the Bills get over the hump and beat the Kansas City Chiefs. They playing at I home. Agree. I don't trust Josh Allen ever, but he always finds a way to make things happen. I'm gonna take the Bills in that one. Uh, I agree with you. I think the Chiefs look. They had a good game, but they're not playing in Kansas City. This is rare for them, and I don't know how long they can keep catching balls because usually they don't. Uh, Texans, Ravens. Man, I believe the Ravens will win this game, but everybody yeah. watch closely. It's gonna be a lot tighter than I think people are speculating. I think the Texans. I think. It beat, but they're gonna go down fighting. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be a tough game. I think this will be the game of the week, uh, the weekend. Personally, I think this is where you're gonna really see some great talent uh, on both sides of the ball for both teams. So yeah, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and go with the Ravens, but uh, man, yeah, I think this this is just gonna be a, a really good one. Uh, Bucks Lions. Hmm. I already know who you picking. Let me tell you who I think, man. Because uh, <laughs> I don't know who you got. It all depends on the Q on the QB play of the Buccaneers. It all depends on him. If he has a game within himself, if he can control himself. I like Tampa's defense. They've come on, right? They obviously have the receivers. They got a good running back system down there. The offensive line has to hold up. They got to hold up. But if if they can do that, man, I I think the Bucks can shock the world and shock the Lions. I appreciate that, Jay. I really do. Yeah. Um, to get my full in depth answer to this. Please tune in to Big Game's Pewter Perspective. That will be tomorrow, 6 p.m. Central Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I got yeah. my man, Stickman Simp, is going to come on with me from the Puff Sip Chat. We're going to talk about Lions, uh, Buccaneers, playoff preview. But honestly, I'm going to pick with my heart because I do believe that they can get it done. 
So mm-hmm. I'm taking the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to win. Earlier this year when we played, it wasn't a great game. We lost mm-hmm. by two touchdowns, and Baker was still trying to find his way in week six. Um, he's been a little bit better. Um, I think the Buccaneers can go on the road and get it done. Yeah, Wallace, uh, look, I think this is one of those games where it could go either way. Uh, like I said, if if Baker is able to play within himself and do what he needs to do to minimize uh, turnovers, I mean, they got a good chance as any to, to win that game, uh, especially based on what I saw last weekend against the Rams. Uh, Packers, Niners. Look, man, the dream ends here, okay? The the ride ends here. The Niners should win this game. Notice how I say that. Should win this I'm game. Going, I'm going Niners as well, Jay. Um, unlike Dallas, I believe this defense is more fortified and real. I think they will be ready for the Green Bay Packers. And I think after they saw what Jordan Love and Aaron Jones did to the Dallas Cowboys, they really won't come out and underestimate what his team is capable of. Because Jordan Love has been playing really good football his last yeah. his last half of the season in this playoff game. But I still think the 49ers got something to prove about the playing Philly last year with a beat up with no with no quarterback at all. I, I like right. the, I like the 49ers in this one. There you go. All right. That leads us to our last segment, the segment that everyone loves to love because it's it's great. It's our top five. Even when you feel low, you can still go. Even when you feel slow, you can still go. Even when there's no hope, you can still go. I never answered a no, man, I still go. go. That's why some people have a top 100, some have a top 50, some have a top 25, some punk out and have a top 10. Not here, not on Big Game Sports Buzz. We have a top five. Who's in, who's out, what's in, what's out. This week, top five sports collapse, biggest sports collapse mm, of all mm, time. Mm. Listen, this is a hard list. This is a hard list. We got to get in it because I want to make sure that we get this clipped up right. So, um, man, game, don't give a lot of explanation. Just I, won't, for it, I won't give a lot of explanations. And if people don't know those games, just look them up. I'll give you a year so you can at least see it. Um, five for me. I just had to say the 2023 Philadelphia Eagles. You can't return. Go to the Super Bowl the year before, start 10-1, and one, and just fall off a cliff this season. So Philadelphia Eagles. Mm. Major League Baseball, 2020, Atlanta Braves, the NLCS Series. The Braves are up three games to one. All hey, Just getting ready to start planning that parade. Boom, they blew it. They lost. Wallace, 2016, Atlanta Falcons, 23-point lead in the Super Bowl to the New England Patriots, and they found a way to lose the damn game. 23-point lead, blew the game. Oh, man, this one here I love. NBA, Eastern Conference Championship. The New York Knicks and mm. the Indiana Pacers. Spike Lee mm. said something crazy to Reggie Miller. The Knicks are up by six or seven points, I think it was. 18 seconds, with 18 seconds left, and the Pacers won the damn game. They blew it with 18 seconds left. Was was crazy. One of the craziest shooting performances I've ever seen by anybody. Reggie Miller did the damn thing. And then number one for me, I had a couple of things written down, Jay, but this one got me. 1992 AFC wild card game. The Houston Oilers mm. and the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. Houston was up 35 to 3. Yeah. And lost the game. <laughs> They lost it. Hey, those are great ones. Um, because you put two of them on there. Yeah, we play everybody blames Clint Stubbornness. The two of the ones that I have, the Atlanta Falcons Super Bowl, uh, and of course Reggie Miller with Hook Artist. Man, uh eight points in nine seconds. Crazy. And Starks missed two fifth throw, uh, free throws. Uh I'm gonna say Warriors against the LeBron Cavs and Kyrie down. 3-1, they come back, win it all, game seven. Man, that's crazy. Biggest collapse, I believe, is right there. Uh, Rory McIlroy, Masters, 2011. Young, fresh-faced Rory, right? He was actually at the – it was the last day. He was first going into the turn 
at Augusta ends up 15th. Man, come on. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I believe it was six shots over uh, three holes, right? So in three holes, six shots, mm. double bogeys. This hits home for me. Uh, 2011 Rangers versus the Cardinals, man. <sighs> Listen, when you're down, all you got to do is just strike them out. Just one strike. Just one strike. Not once, but twice. They were up 3-2 in this series. Up 3-2. Lost it. Uh, my last one, man. Look. 2004, New York Yankees, ALCS. They're up 3-0. Listen, I don't root for Boston, but gosh darn it, I did then, man. I, I was a Red Sox fan at that point. You know what I'm saying? They beat them. They come back four straight, beat the Yankees. They go on to win the championship. How awesome is that? That's all I got, man. So I am Jay Sox, the Buff Nerd. Thank you for tuning in. Make sure that you like, subscribe, and share this podcast. Let's go. Hey, man. Appreciate y'all. Until next time. Peace. Big game.